Hello there and you're very welcome back to Series 8 of the Public Eye Podcast, a five-part series of podcasts brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'll be your host, Sarah Travers, and throughout the series I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how these companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth and find out how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Today I'm joined by Ellie McBride, Calibrated Concepts. Ellie, it's so good to see you in the podcast studio. Thank you. It's really good to be here. Now before we begin, as always, a little bit of background on Ellie and her business before we get into the interview proper. So Ellie, as you may have just heard, is an American expat who made Belfast her home five years ago. After moving across the world to be with her husband, she struggled to find the flexibility to spend much time in her other home in Oregon. In her quest for flexibility, she realised that building an online business from the ground up was the path to having everything she'd ever wanted in life. So Ellie started out as a freelancer and soon realised many of her clients struggled with exactly the same thing, creating efficient processes to help open up their time for the tasks that truly needed their attention. With that in mind, Ellie went about setting up calibrated concepts, initially to serve solo entrepreneurs who own small businesses and are building them just like her from the ground up by creating beautiful, functional websites with built-in time-saving systems. What a great idea. Fantastic. Uh, congratulations on this brilliant idea and from for building this business. Oh, thank you. So, yeah, we've, we've had a little bit of an introduction um, and... Yeah, it's something that a lot of people, when they find themselves in that entrepreneurial sphere, there's so much to do on your own. There's the trying to learn to be the business person. There's the developing the website when you kind of want to get on with doing the business as well. So that's where the initial idea came from. Mm -hmm. Well, originally, I actually started out doing virtual assistant work, uh, mostly tech virtual assistant. So a lot of software automation and setup. And I had built my own website and I'd built a couple for clients and really enjoyed the process and found that it sort of suited my style more um, because I personally really enjoy project-based work and not so much the ongoing stuff. Ah, so the project-based work. Okay, well, take us back a little bit further. So you did, you travelled, you travelled for love. I did, <laughs> yes. So where did you meet? Um, I We met in Belfast. Um, I was backpacking after a trip to, well, I lived in Italy as an au pair. Oh, my goodness. In Pisa. And I had uh, twin eight-year-olds that I took care of, a boy and a girl. And anyway, so after my visa expired, the UK and Ireland are part of, aren't part of the Schengen area. So kind of extended my <laughs> travel time um, by, by coming up here. And I'd been to Ireland before, but I'd never been to Belfast. So came up. And I was actually couch surfing. Um, I had done a lot of couch surfing and help exchanges and kind of backpackery things. Um, and my au pair friends, we were in a hostel in Dublin before we'd come up to Belfast, and they signed me up for Tinder. She <laughs> <laughs> <You> do. Because <laughs> um, I had, long story short, been I'm in lots of long-term relationships, and I'd never properly been single, and was to spend 2016 being properly single. And I matched with my husband, now husband, and um, thought, worst comes to worst, I meet a local. Like, 
you know, didn't really expect much to come of it. And um, and my friends at this stage had kind of gone on. We are, we'd all kind of split up our, mm-hmm. for our journeys. And yeah, so long story short. So you weren't single for long. I married my first Tinder date. Oh. And I would, got married at the end of 2016, the year I was supposed to be single the whole year. <laughs> oh, that, yeah, well done with that one. That was a success. Um, and what's he like then? Yeah, so he is a software developer. Um, he's a big geek um, in the sense of, and not necessarily the sense of some some people, but he gets really hyper-focused on certain projects. He's just decided he's going to start doing, like, woodworking from hand, like, by hand without power tools. Um, he is currently taking microlight flying lessons at, in the Ards Airfield. Mm. Um, so, yes. So there's a lot of creativity. Yeah, a lot of of drive. A lot of drive and Mm -hmm. a lot of excitement. It sounds great. So Oregon, is that where you were brought up? That's home. That's home. What did the folks at home think when it's like, hi, uh, you know the way I was in Italy being an au pair? Well, now I'm actually in Belfast and guess what? I'm going to get married and live here. (laughs) Yeah, so I went home for quite some some time before. Uh, So when we first met, we did distance for 18 months. Mm -hmm. um, And that included the time after we got married and waiting on the visa. Um, so I came, you know, we kind of flew back and forth for visits, but we spent a year and a half apart before I moved over. Oh, that was hard. First, it wasn't really that hard. Um, we kind of knew what we were in for, but after we got married, it became really challenging because we just were ready to, to be Mm -hmm. together. Mm -hmm. Okay. So how do you find Belfast? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I won't lie. I cried for the first year. I think I lived here um, in Northern Ireland in Belfast, and it wasn't because there's anything wrong with Belfast. It was because it you don't expect there to be a lot of culture shock when you're moving from a predominantly white English speaking country to another predominantly white English speaking country. Um, but there there was a the job market was completely different. Um, Northern Ireland's quite a small place and everybody knows each other and everybody has their friends from school. It's really hard to make friends here. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- it also didn't have any of my comfort foods. So there was that. <laughs> so massive culture shock and, mm-hmm. and loneliness as well. And maybe, you know, homesickness too. Oh, yeah. Um, so, you know, I think we've all had a little flavour of, of what that's like a little bit because of COVID and, and lockdown. Um, you know, we've maybe had things taken away from us that we'd taken for granted. Um, and home became really, really important. So how did how did that affect you and, and where you were with everything? Yeah, so literally my business was born out of that feeling of how I felt here in the first year. I thought, oh gosh, <laughs> I can't really live like this. And um, so I built my business so that I could go back to America more often, so that I could um, have that flexibility both in time and in location to be able to work wherever I wanted to. And I got finally got to the point where I'd built up enough business, enough clients, enough flexibility, enough boundaries, and then and then where I really could go home if I needed to at the drop of a hat. And the pandemic hit, mm. <laughs> so I couldn't. And um, so I missed things that, like many people did, I mean, I know people who miss these things when their family was 20 minutes down the road, but I missed mm, funerals hugely. and weddings yeah. and birthdays that were all quite significant during that time. Um, and you, ex- I, when you move, you expect to miss some of those things. But it was like an extra, an extra level of control that was taken away. That's it. You had no choice yeah. this time. So have you been back since? 
Yes. Yay. <laughs> um, I went back for six weeks this past summer and was able to work a little bit while I was there and ex, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Essentially give a lot of work to my assistants. I have two virtual assistants that work for my team and I'm actually in the process of hiring someone through the job start scheme as well. So hopefully growing even more. Um, but yes, was home for six weeks. And I also just want to take a moment to say I've been here five years now. Yes, my first year was really tough. There was a lot of bureaucracy. It took me ages to get things like a bank account or a doctor or things like that. Um, but I really do love Northern Ireland now. Like it's been um, the people here are there's nobody lovelier. And the you just, you know, the North Coast, Donegal, like you've got just such beautiful scenery and um, so much culture and I will miss other foods that I've learned to love here and I will miss like live music in every pub that's finally coming back post pandemic. Um, when I, if I ever, if I ever move. But you've discovered filled sodas for breakfast. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and brown sauce. <laughs> yes. Get behind me. Um, okay. Well, it's, it's nice to get a little bit of a sense of where you've come from. And it's also, I think, very important for people in Northern Ireland to understand what it's like not to be from Northern Ireland and come here and try and establish yourself. So it's not like you're going and you're working for somebody else in an organisation. When you're a solopreneur or a solo entrepreneur, mm. um, you know, that's a lonely world too. Yeah. Well, I did. So as I was building up my business, I did have a job for a while. I actually worked for a really cool um, small law firm in Belfast. They used to be called Ford Campbell. I think they've just gone through a merger, and I don't know their name now. Lewis Selkin, I think, might be right. <laughs> um, but they were the best, um, essentially a small family to work for, as I and they were so supportive of me when I left to go full-time with my business and very supportive of me doing my business part-time on the side while I was working for them. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 2200. So tell me about a typical client for you. How do you reach? How do you reach people? Most of my work comes from referrals. Um, so I'd say the vast majority of my work comes from that, from my network. I also do a lot of teaching, um, and that's via YouTube. It's via workshops um, within other people's communities. Um, it's via my blog, um, and I. So I do a lot of teaching around technology. My biggest passion is to help women and non-binary folks do business with more ease by embracing technology. It feels so overwhelming and scary. And the biggest phrase I hear over and over and over again is, I'm just not techy enough. Mm. And that's a lie. Okay. Everybody can do it with a little help. Okay, so the, what advice would you give? What's usually the first place to start? The first place to start, like for most businesses, I say if you do not use a scheduling tool, then you should. Just I don't. So tell me what that. Tell me about this. So there's lots of different types. You can use Acuity or Calendly or whatever. But essentially, if you have an automated thing where people can click a link, 
figure out where they can slot into your calendar. It saves this whole back and forth. Can you do this time? Can you do this time? Oh, no, that's no longer available. It saves everybody that. And you can still make it feel really personal, but it connects to your calendar. So they have what's called read-write capability. So they can read your calendar to make sure there's no conflicting appointments. They can write appointments into your calendar. And they also, um, you can set parameters. So say, for me, I only take client calls for my website clients. I only take client calls Tuesday through Friday from 3 to 5 p.m. Ah, so you know then that that's when you're going to be doing that. It's not like you've got, oh, look, who's this random person's just appeared in my diary? Yes, and you can also say, okay, well, I no new calls but, um, earlier than eight hours ahead. So, right, so I, can't, I don't get like a last minute into ah. my into my diary. I think that's what would, would scare me from doing that is that, mm-hmm. oh gosh, I, I didn't even realize and I I hadn't put something in my diary and I'm somewhere else. Yeah, you can do 24 hours, you can do 48 hours. It's kind of up to you. Um, it also means that if something comes up, you can allow your client to reschedule themselves. Um, it, yeah, it's just, it's a huge time saver. I use it for, I used it when I had my podcast and I used it for allowing guests to book in. I use it for consultations to book in, my clients to book in their meetings. Um, even like if a, somebody in the business community is like, hey, do you want to like have a coffee chat? They book in for that too because it saves everybody that time yeah. and space. And it, I think it also really helps setting boundaries, right? Like it's that thing where I know I only take those calls during these times. And it means that somebody can't be like, well, can you really just do this other time? And I'm like, those are my times. Those are my times. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it really helps. Well, that's brilliant. So a scheduling or scheduling, let's <laughs> do the American uh, tool. What else? That is, so that's my number one. It's because it's so easy because people can set it up in like an hour, right, or less. And it may, it will save them hours and upon hours, a week, a year. Um, but other things that I recommend would be social media scheduling. Um, I integrate that a lot. Email marketing is huge. So I think that's more... I'm talking about all these things. These are things that I integrate into websites because if you can make your website work for you when you're not online, you can free up this time, this energy to do other things in your life, other things in your business. Um, and so people can book a consultation with me like right now and I'm, I'm here with you. People can pay me right now and I'm here with you. I have social media posts scheduled to go out, you know, this evening, well, actually Thursdays and Saturdays and Mondays and I don't really have to think about it. Right. Um, I was on the train here writing my email newsletter that I will then type up, hand to my assistant who will take it, format it, and schedule and set to send it out next week. And I think that email marketing uh, is probably, along with your website, is probably one of the most important pieces of marketing because people can miss a social media post mm-hmm. very, very easily. Um, people, it takes a lot to get somebody to come to your website. Um, whether that be SEO or marketing to some some other way to bring them there. But if somebody invites you into their inbox, the chance that they're going to actually open that email and get whatever message that you're sharing with them is very, very high. It's a huge privilege to be invited into somebody's inbox. But if you have it, it's one of the most important connection pieces. So that's brilliant. And you've already um, enlightened me in, in just a couple of minutes. So there's so much that people um, can get from you. You mentioned something there that was quite interesting. You said that you were particularly in the space um, and wanting to serve women and non-binary. Mm-hmm. So what do you want to tell me about that? Why, why is that where your market is? Well, I really... 
I'm working to become a more diverse and inclusive business provider. Um, and so I have friends, I have family that are in the LGBTQ plus community. Um, I want to make sure that I'm serving people who are sometimes underserved, who are underheard and giving them that place that they feel safe, that somebody's going to hear them, that they're going to understand, maybe not directly because I don't necessarily share all their experiences, but that I'm going to give them a space that feels safe for them to come to for the same things I help other people with, but that I'm going to be accessible for these people. So I make sure that my website, my content across social media is all accessible for people who might have hearing impairments. I make sure that my content on social media is inclusive of different skin tones, body shapes, ability level. Um, and so I make sure my pricing is has payment plans um, okay. and these types of things that can make can really be barriers for people who come from places of a lot less privilege. And what made you be like that? Is this through personal experience? I mean, I have quite a lot of privilege. Um, white, cisgender, I am a woman, um, came up with not a whole lot of money. Um, but I think a lot of it comes down to having friends that have experienced this stuff. It also comes down to where I went to university and was in the student government in Portland State University. And Portland... <laughs> has some issues, but is quite activist um, overall, but it's it's not a perfect place. Um, but yes, so I think it's really come down to, honestly, the, at the start of the pandemic, like I, I already was working towards a lot of this stuff, but at the start of the pandemic, when we had the reawakening of the Black Lives Matter movement, there was a lot of call for business owners to use their platforms to do better, to do business better. And that really matters to me. Mm. If I'm going to be in this space and profiting from things, I don't want to do it in a way that feels icky. I want to do it in a way that feels good and aligned for me and like I'm making a difference in the world. And I understand that. I think that's really commendable. Do you feel that you've taken a risk in limiting uh, the market that you're appealing to or, or marketing to? No. I think that... More and more, especially, so I'm, I would identify as a millennial, uh, more and more millennials and Gen Z, they want to buy and spend their money with people that they feel like their money is making a difference. I would spend my money with a local ethical company 100% over not. I do my best to support local coffee shops. I do my best to, you know, and I know I'm not the only one that does this. I would buy most of my Christmas presents from not on High Street or Etsy or whatever. I'm trying to do, make my to spend my money, essentially I'm voting with my dollars, pounds, euro, whatever. Um, so, and I know there's more and more people doing this in my community um, and across. So I would, uh, on my social media platforms, I know there's loads of us that are doing this. And so I think by being louder about my values, I'm actually attracting the people that I want to work with the most. Mm-hmm. And that's so important, isn't it? And, and you've totally tapped into something. There's so much more. Instead of just click buy, it's much more, I want to know who they are, who am I buying for, and are they aligned to my values? Do you mm-hmm. feel that much more? Yeah. Yeah, I think that most of my clients would share my values. Yeah. Um, most of the people on my in my community, I call 
like a lot of people would call it an audience, but I call it a community because I want it to be a back and forth. So it's not just my audience on my newsletter or my website or my social media. It's my community. Then there's a conversation happening between us. Um, and I know a lot of the people that I'm in conversation with are, have, have the same ideas that way. So tell us more about the actual services that you offer Yes. So I'm actually in a bit of a pivot place on this right now. Um, As we're recording, I offer Squarespace Power Hours. So I work predominantly with the Squarespace platform. Mm -hmm. And I offer Power Hours so that if you already have a Squarespace website, you can come to me and you can book an hour of my time and you can give me a list of everything that you want tweaked or updated or questions you have. And we can go ahead and in that hour, and trust me, I'm very good at what I do. Um, In that hour, we can go and kind of bash out and fix a lot of things. And it's a recorded session online. So you can take that video and learn from it and to update and upgrade your website going forward. That's amazing. (laughs) I'm really marvel at at your customer service and your offering. You know, you know, absolutely that these people that are coming to you are time poor. That's why they're coming to you in the first place. But this power hour, what a brilliant initiative. Hmm. Where did you get that idea? I knew because I, again, it really came out of the fact that I don't really like doing ongoing work. So it was a way to offer my clients because I also offer custom Squarespace templates and custom um, one-to-one website design. Mm -hmm. From scratch. From scratch for, you know, mostly service providers, but I do shops and memberships and things like that too. And so it came out of this fact that I knew I needed a way to offer to support my clients going forward. Because mm-hmm. the, the, the worst thing was when you were, there you go, there's your lovely website, you've paid all your money, I now need to change it, that's out of date, I don't know what to do, I don't know how, how do I link that to my SEO, all of those things. Exactly, so I do, all of my clients receive training around the Squarespace platform. I also have um, cr- a page dedicated in the back end of my website just to clients that they can log into and it has loads of video tutorials and help and resources um, and so they can learn. To, the reason I work with Squarespace specifically is that I believe that people should be able to update their website. Yes. And as our businesses evolve, your website should evolve. We need to it be adapting all the stagnant. time. Yeah. Um, so that said, there are sometimes things where you might need a bunch of stuff done at once, or you don't know how to integrate a tool that you're adding to your website, or, um, you know, something needs done with code. Because Squarespace mostly is a code-free platform, but there's sometimes if you want something really customized, we do it with code. And that's where I come in. And that's where those power hours come in. So are you com- a computer scientist? I am not. No, you just <laughs> I learned this. I am not. I can't even write code from scratch. Oh. Um, my husband can. And sometimes I use him when I'm really stuck. But I pay for re- an a- access to a community um, of Squarespace and, it, and there's Squ- the Squarespace community is quite large but if you know a l- enough about code enough about CSS you can like kind of understand where things change and how classes work which is essentially um, then you can start tweaking things and there's a huge library and res- a huge amount of resources on the website to get what's called code snippets that adapt different parts of the website and then I pay for a resource of, for this woman named Beatrice Caravello, who is a genius at Squarespace. And essentially, if something is broken that I can't fix, I ask her. Ask and Beatrice. So I pay a monthly fee 
to be able to ask her anytime. That's amazing. <laughs> that I want, what's, what's, why isn't this thing working? It's a great, it's kind of a novel, a new way of working, that collaborative model. And, mm. you know, maybe you don't have employees, but you have lots of people that can help as and when. Yes. Um, you did, t- so you've got the, the Squarespace, you've built the websites. What else? So right now, that's pretty much it. But I am in the process, hopefully later this uh, later this spring, so pretty much right as the spring-summer kind of shift, we'll be launching a new community. And the community will be, um, so as I mentioned, I started out of, as a virtual assistant. And virtual assistants often are asked to, they're often asked to change things on people's websites. Can you change out that photo? Can you add a page for this? Can we get a sales page going for this promotion I'm running? And oftentimes they're just, they say yes, because, and then are have to go do a lot of Googling or YouTubing to try and figure out how to do something. Be, and then usually, unless you're really gutsy, you're not charging pe- your clients for the time that it took you to learn how to do that thing. No. And so essentially I want to start a community, um, Squarespace community for virtual assistants. Mm, so a bit like you have a Beatrice, where you actually have an Ellie maybe yes. there that you can hire me if yes. you don't know. So it won't I'll be show as you. code-based as Beatrice's, yes. but it will be very much tutorials and help in your back pocket for Squarespace. I love that. That's amazing. So how many team members are working for you at the minute? I currently have two contracted virtual assistants. Uh, one's in Belize and one's here, one's oh in Northern goodness. Ireland. Um, and that one helps me with content. So my, the one here in Northern Ireland is really responsible for my social media, my newsletter, um, blog posts, those kinds of things. And then the one in Belize is really a lot of like client onboarding. Um, some of the simpler website pages that we build into every website, like the 404 error page and the social media links page. Um, and I'm currently hiring for a marketing assistant that will help with getting the word out about this new community and some Pinterest help and um, Canva graphics and things like that. It's all really exciting. And I know, Ellie, you were um, recently named one of 2022's most inspiring female founders. What a tremendous achievement. How did you feel when you heard that news? Two things on that. One, of course, I felt it felt incredible to be selected. Um, This is an initiative run by Small Business UK, um, and it's called the F Entrepreneur I Also Awards, and we got to go to the House of Lords, mm. and it was really cool, um, and yeah, so it felt incredible. It's also opened up loads of opportunities for new um, opportunities for marketing. It's offered. I also got a couple of other awards on the back of that, um, so I was selected as one of the Belfast Telegraph's 30 under 30 for this year. Brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> so it's been really good. But I also want to say, is what without detracting from my achievements or the work that I've put in, is that I'm not special. All I did was have the guts and the gumption to put my name in a few hats and see what happened. A lot of people don't take the time or won't put the, put themselves forward, especially women or pe- marginalized folks will not put themselves forth for awards. I took the time to do it, was selected, and it opened up more opportunities based on the press releases from these things. And I think if I, like, I could have just not done it. Right. It's a really good point. And there are probably many people listening to this say, oh, either I'm too busy and actually if I if went in for the awards and I didn't win and then it's all of that time and effort wasted. But actually you're saying this is super for marketing and super for your brand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But we've got to have that belief. Yeah. And I think 
it can be really easy to wait and say, oh, I don't deserve the award unless somebody else nominates me for it. Yes. It's not the case. Okay, well, obviously. Well, fantastic. And, you know, you're definitely one to watch. Um, How many clients would you say you've got on the books at the minute? Or is that even possible to count? Um, It is possible to count. In the time that I've been doing business, I've had, I think, about 115 clients. But again, I do mostly project-based work. Yeah. So as of this moment, I'm doing designing two websites, um, one for a barber in England and one for a really cool, um, oh gosh, what even would you say they do? They do a lot of stuff around like community farming and cooking and recipes and catered events and they're lovely. <laughs> and is it lovely when you actually see all of the the diversity that's out there and all the different incredible businesses. Oh, it really is. Last week, I launched three websites. Um, I launched a website for an artist here in Northern Ireland. I watched. I launched a website for um, an architect in California. Wow. I launched a website for, what was the third one? <laughs> oh, um, she's a marketing specialist. And yeah. Amazing. And then how long does it take? There there you go. How long is a piece of string? How long does it take to actually, I bet you actually have it all counted time-wise. I'm really an organized person, yeah. if you haven't figured this out. Yeah, I, I can re- tell. So one of the reasons people come to work with me, are, there's pretty much two, is one for a creative. I'm very, very organized. I have amazing systems that help people to f- make this process a lot less daunting. I, help, I have a copywriting workbook. I have um, resources to help you if you need to get photos or graphics or branding done um so I make this process really easy so people tend to book me about four to six weeks in advance of when they need their website done Ah, to gather all of the material and that takes the time to get everything ready and then the actual design typically takes about three weeks Okay. So what do you ask people? Did you ask them to take their own photos or get a hire a photographer or what way? Because it's all about the visual, isn't it, these days? Yes and no. I think copywriting is so, so important. I think having the right words to connect with your community can, if you have really great photos, but nothing to say, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, that said, I've worked with people who've done their own photos. I've worked with people that have had the best branding, photography, and copywriting all done for them. Um, I really am willing to help people from where they're at because you can always swap out a few photos. You can always update your copywriting. Um, so talk us through the copywriting process. What should you be doing if you're thinking about copywriting? Yeah, so I've got a blog post on this on my website, but um, written by a copywriter because <laughs> I am not one. But that said, the biggest mistake I see on websites is that people, there's probably two biggest copywriting mistakes that I see. Um, one is that people would talk too much about themselves and not enough about their client. Um, your about page even really shouldn't be that much about you. It should be about how your experiences help the person you're trying to help. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the biggest mistakes I see. And the other is Those filling. massive long bios. Do you think anybody reads them? It depends on every. It depends on how your community is. I like I had did a website for a coach, a somatic coach, last year, and her. She just is like, I am a long form person. If they are the right fit for my business, they are a long form person gotcha. too. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas maybe not in other industries. Mm-hmm. But it is about who you've worked with, what you've been doing. Yeah. So it should be a yeah. Your about page should really be about 
how you are uniquely positioned to help this person, right? And so that may be your experience, your personality, your skills um, in certain in certain areas, maybe your credentials. Um, but I will say overall, for the most part, people don't really care about your credentials. They care about the transformation you're going to take them through. Mm. And whether that's, and that's true for product-based businesses as well as service-based businesses. You know, if you're selling art, you're take, you're giving somebody the ability to have something beautiful or gift something beautiful. And that's a transformation in itself as well. So here's a question. Mm-hmm. What's on your landing page or in your about us, about <laughs> me section? What will I do? What will you do for me? Yeah. So, um... The critical thing about web designers is that we never update our websites as much as we update other people's. <laughs> no but, <laughs> but um, yeah, mine mostly describes how my ability to be super organized, techie, and make things beautiful is going to make your life easier because I'm going to teach you how to do it too. I like it. See, good answer. That was brilliant. And then the USP thing. What makes Calibrated Concepts stand out from its competitors? Yeah, I touched on that briefly before, but it's mostly about the fact that I'm really organized. Uh, Like, a lot of creatives aren't. I hear horror stories about websites taking a year, Mm -hmm. right? We've all been there. Um, And and also the fact that I'm a woman. I'm a woman in web design. There's not a whole lot of us. Um, So a lot of my clients feel, like, a little more heard or a little more understood. There's a little less work in making their vision come true. Um, but yes, mostly it's about the fact that I'm really organized for a creative and that I've got some really nice processes in place to make this monumental thing of putting your website out into the world a lot less overwhelming. Are you proud of what you've achieved? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, going to America for six weeks was probably the best thing. It was hard because I thought that I would go for six weeks and chill and everyone wanted to do things <laughs> but but at the same time it was a huge moment for me because it meant that I it, it was kind of like I made it mm-hmm. I made it this business that I've designed to do this is now doing this and then what was the reaction from home to yeah. what you were doing yeah um I think when I moved over here a lot of people were like especially my mom was not super pleased but everybody loves Paul and when they met Paul they kind of went okay like this is just it. Um, my dad's coming to visit for the first time this summer. Oh, lovely. And very classically, he is like, uh, my my name before I married was McConnell. And my dad is very much like, we're going to the homeland. I'm I was going, going to, to say, say, right, and yeah. you're McBride now, so, yes. okay, there, there is definitely something in the in the genes there. Fairly far back, but yes. <laughs> and the red hair. Yeah. Well, that's wonderful. And, uh, you know, Ellie, I love your values. I love what you stand for, that you're proud of those values um, and that you keep helping people who are perhaps just needing a leg up and needing to stand out, needing to start. Mm -hmm. um, And you're not looking to take all of their money, do that one stop power hour and then bye bye. You're there. And, you know, you will help make a difference. So the purpose of this podcast, and I ask everybody the same question, is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business, Mm -hmm. which is probably next for you, by offering insight into the success of businesses such as Calibrated uh, Concepts. You are growing, you're uh, extending your community now next, but let's go right back to those people that are wanting to start out. What Mm -hmm. advice 
would you give to people who may have a business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether that risk is worth taking? Well, most of my experience is in the service-based area. And I would say service-based is a lot lower risk than product-based businesses. But when it comes to service-based business, my, my what I just say is go, do it. Because my business has evolved over and over again. I started out as a virtual assistant and I started that way even though I didn't really want to be a virtual assistant because I knew that I, I, I knew I could do it, right? I knew that I knew what it took to become to, to help people with the admin and the technical and the backsides, um, back end of business. But, and that what I, the, then I realized I didn't want to be a virtual assistant at first because I didn't know that you could specialize as a virtual assistant and that I specialized as a virtual assistant. And then I realized I didn't have to do ongoing retainer work. And then I, and then I realized, okay, well, if I'm not going to do that, how do I have like help the same type of people I love helping, but do that for a bigger, um, you know, bigger projects. And so if you start somewhere, you will naturally evolve and learn to work with who you want to work with and how you want to work. Um, so I think getting started is my biggest thing. And then the next thing is, um, outsource before you're ready. Right. Why? Because if you outsource, you will have you will be paying someone to do something faster and better than you know how to do it, and you will be able to make the money back very quickly. That's great advice. Great advice. Um, what's the biggest goal you want to achieve? I don't even know anymore. I feel like I've done it. Um, right now, for me, it's just about. I don't. I don't even know. I got. I'm kind of in the process of figuring out that next goal. For me, it was really getting to this stage and now I'm not sure what's next. I'm not sure there needs to be. Okay. Well, the big, the ultimate like long term is to eventually move back to America and start a tiny farmstead with the chickens and the growing of things and the honesty stand and work from there part time. <laughs> Does Paul agree? Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, look, Ellie, it has been so charming talking to you today in the podcast studio. Thanks for, for coming to Newry. Glad you had the filled soda experience before we, <laughs> before we sat down. That's Ellie McBride, everybody. Calibrated Concepts, uh, our latest guest on the Public Eye podcast. Uh, join me for another episode. You know where to join. Subscribe to stay up to date. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.